0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chabacasino.com. eighteen plus just leaving the new camp a very very respectable 2-2 draw. there should have been a win without a doubt but this is fucking brilliant listen 6,000 reds taking over Barcelona and that was a brilliant performance, they were bits you could criticise but we came to the new Camp and we took it to Barcelona and that's great, it says not just a lot about the quality of the team but the attitude and the, the mentality that they have and the confidence to come to the new Camp and, and really give it something to Barcelona, the goals you can see were both rubbish, a set piece and then a mistake at the back, that's really poor the rest of the performance. Brilliant. And I'll let you listen in on this for a while longer. Every woman, every man, it's Raphael Veram from France. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Get past him if you can, Raphael Veram from France. Stand up, stand up, stand up. With us we are the We are the servants. A... Hmm. We are the servants. We are the are the servants. are are falling servants. We like again. <laughs> February could be some month for Manchester United. And with that, I'll hand you over to Jack Tate for the
1: rest of the Manchester United weekly podcast. Enjoy. What a noise from the United fans in Barcelona. And what a night of football. All too often, when we get the chance to watch the giants of European football come up against one another, we're left to stomach these drab, dull affairs. Not so for Xavi's Barcelona and Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United. It was a 2-2 draw at the Camp Nou full of attacking intent, large open spaces to be exploited, and thrown in there some real moments of quality. A result that most of us would have probably taken happily 10 minutes before kickoff but that eventually leaves us all feeling slightly disappointed and there, perhaps, lies the biggest compliment one could possibly pay to Eric Ten Hag and his squad. Hello and welcome once again to the Manchester United weekly podcast, just hours following a rare and fine occasion of seeing Manchester United play at the Camp Nou. You've already heard from Harry Robinson outside that famous old stadium in Barcelona with the travelling Reds revelling after watching our side put in a great performance. I'm sure you'll all join me in feeling more than just a tinge of jealousy at Harry being among those in the stadium watching United play tonight. It is just me for the remainder of this episode to take you through tonight's events. No one, least of all myself, wants to hear just my voice for too long, so we'll keep this relatively short, but fear not, we'll have much more to discuss about the Barcelona game in our regular episode after this weekend's visit of Leicester City. To start with, let's go... Back all the way before kickoff to simply look at the way United set up. And if this really was the first surprise that, that was thrown up of the evening, the team sheet itself looked normal enough. You know, this looked like a pretty standard United 4-2-3-1 with Casemiro and Fred in the pivot, Fernandez as number 10, Sancho and Rashford at wide with their course up front. And it ended up being anything but normal. It ended up being kind of a repeat of what we saw at the end of the Leeds game at the weekend when we were trying to see out the game, but also before that when uh Garnacho came on and Veghorst has moved to number 10. So it ended up with Veghorst as a number 10. And it, in some ways it almost ended up with him and Fred playing as dual number eights so rather than Veghorst as a 10, and a Fred in a more withdrawn role alongside Casemiro. It ended up with Casemiro almost as a as a lone pivot for much of the game. Veghorst and Fred both more advanced of him as Kind of two number eights alongside each other, with then Sancho on the left, Bruno Fernandes shunted out wide to the right, and Rashford up front. It was a a decision that was definitely surprising. It, it, I think I think it was understandable in some ways, especially given that we had ended up kind of running away from Leeds at the end of the game at the weekend, having played in a, a very similar formation. I I wouldn't say it was a resounding success for a lot of the game. You know, Veghorst in particular, you could certainly see at times that his kind of defensive instincts weren't suited to playing in that midfield role. And in fairness, Fred's defensive instincts, despite being an actual midfielder, often don't suit the way that you're supposed to kind of play that traditional central midfield role. But I think what he did do for United in attack was was massive. And, and there were a couple of ways that that really came about. Firstly, Weghorst, even though you'd expect him to play sort of more as a traditional kind of target man if he was playing up front rather than as a number 10, he was able to still play that role for us massively when we had the ball deep in our own half. At times, we were trying to play out against Barcelona, but they have a, a, you know, a very good high press. We still aren't at a level really where we can kind of play out from that. And so we were having to be direct very often. We, there was a very concerted effort from United, especially from David De Gea, to get the ball up the pitch quickly. And Vecorce was obviously always the target of those. He actually didn't win too many of them, but what I thought United were very good at was trying to kind of play on the second ball there. And that's where Veghorst, I think, not being the most advanced player, did kind of help United because Rashford was there to get any flick-ons that we won. You know, Fred is probably one of the best players in the world, to be honest, that, you know, kind of picking up scraps and and winning second balls. Bruno Fernandes is is also very good in there at that as well. So it helped us in that regard. But the other thing that it did, and, and this ended up being really what was the driving force behind United getting back into the game after conceding and then taking the lead was it allowed Rashford to play in acres more space and have much less defensive responsibility than he would have done had he played out on the left-hand side as we, as we all expected. You know, Barcelona, the way they kind of play is that they set up nominally in this kind of 4-3-3, but when they're in possession, that back four kind of shifts to a back three with Jordi Alba pushing so far forward. And so Rashford Rashford was often left against this back three that was kind of strung out all across the pitch as they try and create options in possession. But when United were able to turn the ball over, which we did numerous times throughout the game, you know we were able to break really quickly and Rashford would have so much space to run into. It was the exact way that his very good chance in the first half where he drew a really good save out to Stegen came from. you know Winning the ball high up the pitch, Sancho wins it back and, and Rashford ends up getting beyond that last defender. It's where the goal came from as well. You know, United win the ball back with Fred, and then he's able to play in Rashford really simply, and Rashford's in acres of space. There was you know potential red card on another occasion when Rashford got in behind and was fouled right on the edge of the box, and it somehow wasn't given by the referee. You know, that was a very clear plan for United. And I think given that we kind of knew how Barcelona were going to play and that they were probably gonna dictate a lot of the game in possession, which probably didn't happen quite as much as we expected. to be fair, given how well United kind of played for most of this game. But we knew that they were going to leave spaces at the back. And although Veghorst, given his kind of physical traits, seems like a player who would be better suited to holding the ball up in that role, actually, I think having Rashford up there was probably all the better for United because he was so much better able to stretch that defence, make use of those big spaces that were left at the back there. I, I think it's worth taking a moment to... Just appreciate just how fantastic Marcus Rashford is at the moment. It's all well and good, you know, putting him in that position, kind of giving him space to work in, but you've still got to make it happen. And my God, I I can't really remember a United player, certainly not in recent years where you've had so much confidence and so much faith that they would make these game-changing, match-winning, very often contributions to this team week in, week out, you know, Rashford is is operating at a level I don't think that we've seen a United player operate at probably since, maybe since Van Persie's season, probably before that Rooney and then going back further Ronaldo. I don't think there's ever been a United player in the post Sir Alex Ferguson era, certainly not an attacking player that is playing at the level that we're seeing from Rashford right now. Obviously, it's, it's the goals are the biggest part of that. He's now up to 22 for the season, matching his best ever tally for United in any season We're still well, 15 league games to go. Who knows how many more Europa League and FA Cup games potentially to come as well. But it's so much more than just the goals. He is so, so dangerous for United as a, and a, as a consistent threat as well. How many times today did we see him getting into fantastic positions for United? He had, like I mentioned, other than the goal, he had the one where he drew, drew a great save out of Ter Stegen. He had a couple of other opportunities where he got through, one where he kind of lashed at the ball when he maybe could have squared to Veghorst. Another shot that was quite tame in the end after some good United build-up. But he is so consistently now getting into fantastic positions and every time he gets the ball, you feel we can create something. I mean, firstly, the run and the finish for the first goal probably gets a little lucky that Testeguen doesn't clear off his, his near post as well as he probably should have, as probably De Gea should have for Barcelona's goal as well. The keepers had good games generally but didn't cover themselves in glory for those two goals. But then the second goal... I mean, yes, it ends up being a Kunde own goal, but that is a a United goal almost entirely out of Rashford's doing. You know, we take the short corner, which and to be honest, didn't have the most favourable conditions for that short corner. Rafinha was, you know, fully clued up in what we're about to sh- what we were about to do. You could see Luke Shaw was kind of tentative in even playing the ball to Rashford, given how close Rafinha was, how much pressure Rashford was going to be under when he received the ball. But he has kind of that trait that. In my lifetime, the best player I've ever seen with this trait is Henri. And just it's not just Rashford's pace. You know, you can have pace as a player; that's fine. But it's it's really the change of pace that is what makes it so deadly. And Rashford has that in abundance. And he's added, it, not he's added. He's always been a good dribbler, but he's upped his dribbling ability to a level that we haven't seen so far in his career. And the way that he's able to go from a completely standing start against Rafinha—I mean, the ball is literally dead. It's not moving and Rashford just shifts it in one touch, goes past Rafinha, and then there's no stopping him from there. He is just an amazing player at the moment. I mean, it's almost frightening to think where United would be without him. But with him in this team, it feels like we are in any game at any time, kind of no matter how the game state is going, because we know that we have this kind of game breaker available and popping up with these match-winning moments pretty much at will. And frankly, I think it's, Right, that we all understand and take stock of just how great a player we're watching here. And not only is it a great player, it makes it all the sweeter that this is a, a lad who grew up, you know, 10 miles from Old Trafford, Manchester born and bred, a United fan born and bred, playing at his boyhood club, living the dream and living out a lot of what makes Manchester United great, a lot of the values that we hold so dear in this football club. And this doesn't happen all too often. You know, you look through United history at times when we've had players this good that are kind of making good on all these values that United holds so dear. Players that have come through the academy. You know, players like Duncan Edwards, Bobby Charlton, George Best. You know, then in the class of 92, players like Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes. There's a reason I can list those names off the top of my head. There's a reason... Those players are remembered as such legends of this football club. And it's because it's so rare that we get players coming through the academy that play at this level. And it's just something to savour and something to behold as it's happening. And I think it's when we're seeing greatness like this, obviously we're going to celebrate the wins. We're going to celebrate the goals. But I also think it's important to remember and kind of take stock of just how brilliant it is to watch one of our own basically dragging this football club <laughs> getting into a little bit more of the the kind of details of the game itself i thought barca were by far the better team in the first 20 minutes or so they they really did kind of dictate the game probably in the manner that most of us expected to be honest you know we had a few decent forays forward but barca were really controlling the tempo of the game we weren't able to get out very easily The the big thing kind of tactically that I thought United struggled with in that opening 20 minutes was with that Veghorst and Fred kind of role in midfield. I I mentioned about their kind of defensive instincts and what would often happen is Fred and Veghorst have almost completely opposite defensive instincts than what you would expect given their natural positions. Fred's instincts in defence are always to be aggressive, always to go high up the pitch. And he was quite often playing alongside Rashford in, in our defensive shape. He was pushing that far forward. Whereas Weghorst, despite being a striker, his defensive instincts are often just to kind of drop deep and help out however he can, often without a great understanding of how to kind of work within the structure that we have defensively. And where we we were really getting killed, you know, at times, our press was actually okay. We were kind of keeping Barca at arm's length. We were kind of forcing them to play it around the back a fair amount. But the ball that was really killing us was all too often players that either like Frankie de Jong... Or Kunde or Marcus Alonso were able to get on the ball and play balls inside into either Pedri or Gavi. And they were able to receive the ball on the half turn and immediately turn and be on our goal. These kind of incisive, progressive passes into midfield. It's actually something that United really struggle with in possession in every game, especially with Christian Eriksen out at the moment. And so that was really, I think, the biggest thing that we were struggling with. All of Barca's good moments were kind of coming from these Times where with one pass, Barça were able to take four or five of our players out of the game, and then you're kind of left with Casemiro on the back four, having to to marshal this huge, this huge crop outcrop of space that it was really just unfeasible for them to ever do. Varane was kind of staying tight to Gavi as he was coming inside and and deep off of his kind of starting position of the left wing. Casemiro was often on Pedri, and then we were left with Jordi Alba kind of bombing forward in loads and loads of space on Barca's left-hand side, and Wan bissaka was having to try and cover that while he was sort of unsure whether how much he should be covering Gavi as he was coming inside. So I thought Barca started the game well, but from there, you know, United just grew into the game more and more. And in the second half in particular, you know, despite going behind, that I thought United played so, so well. And I think it's testament to every player in the squad, and in particular Ten Hag who will come on to more in just a minute, just the way that we approach these games is so, so different to almost any United team that I've ever seen. You know, going to a place like the the Camp Nou, playing against a team as good as Barcelona, that's a a tough thing to do. And and the vast majority of teams, when they play against them, it's sit back, you know, real kind of backs against the wall kind of football, and and you just try and take those opportunities on the counter-attack wherever they might come kind of the, the, the very extreme version of, of Solskjaer's set up of United in, in big games. And and there was elements of that to some degree. At times, United did kind of sit back, but it was nowhere near to the extent that I think I was expecting going into this game. You know, United were so proactive in defence and on the ball, but we weren't proactive on the ball in the, in the sense that we were chaotic. We were chaotic at times, but in general, when we won it back, we had the presence of mind, the composure the structure in our team and the understanding and what we were trying to do when we had possession, they were able to keep keep the ball. We were able to kind of build phases of play. That isn't something that we've been able to say about Man United in any games, really, but especially in big games against better opposition. That is something that we've really, really struggled with. You know, throughout that game, I think possession was around 60-40. You know, obviously didn't have more of the ball than Barcelona, but that's probably a lot more than I would have expected going into the game a lot of these kind of bigger games against better opposition, United are often have been in the last few years anyway, down, you know, under kind of 35%. And that's kind of what I expected, but that wasn't the case at all from United. You know, and I think it's where the, the new way that I think Ten Hag has got United approaching games is starting to pay massive, massive dividends. And I've got to give him and the squad so much credit for the way that we're able to go into these games and really try and take them by the scruff of the neck. It's a testament to, A, tactically, how much we've improved. And that is massive. We are so much better organised. You know, Barcelona had a few good chances, yes, but it's not like they were carving us open throughout this game. You know, it was the same story against Man City a few weeks ago. We held Man City basically to creating one or two chances across a 90-minute game. That is so, so far removed from what we got used to seeing from Man United over the last few years and especially last year. Ten Hag has managed to add that defensive solidity while not getting away from what has made this United side when it has won games over the last few years successful, which has been, we are amazing in attacking transitions, we are amazing at playing into space and we're brilliant at playing on the counter-attack. And we've managed to retain those principles but shored up everything else while also being able to play a little bit more in structure. That's obviously still a work in progress but I think I'd come away from this game tonight. Really, there's so much more we could get into and kind of like more nitty gritty tactical stuff. But I think the biggest thing to take away from tonight is this is a great reminder to myself and probably to everyone of you listening, just how far this United team has come over the last eight or nine months under Eric Ten Hag. You know, if we go back to April 2019, when United played against Barcelona in the Champions League last sixteen, or was it quarter final quarter final in fact, after beating PSG you know th- that, that was a very different United team, but arguably one that was in a as good a moment as we are now in terms of form, and if we're being honest, we got played off the park in, in those two legs, you know I think what, was, what did we get beat two nil at home and three and nil away, something like that you know th- it was a very clear statement about how far away united were from Europe's best teams and at that point barcelona were a very good team but probably not one of Europe's very very best you could make maybe make the same argument now although i think barcelona are very close to being one of Europe's best teams despite being in the europa league but this was a statement in the opposite direction from united i think that we can not only just survive against a team like this which you can do occasionally but we can go toe to toe with them you know we are capable of taking the game to a team like barcelona of actually putting our own stamp on this match and saying you know we can match you all across the pitch i think united come out of this with an expected goals of of just over 2.1 compared to about 1.5 for barcelona you know this was not by any means a, a smash and grab sit back hit on the counter attack we offered and gave so much to that game And that is massive credit to everything that Ten Hag has done. There is absolutely no way that we would have been able to do this a year ago. Absolutely no way. We would have gone to the new Camp and almost certainly got played absolutely off the park in in every sense. And the way that this United team, like I said, there's been tactical improvements, but I think the biggest thing is that under Ten Hag, we are approaching games so much more positively. And we have a mentality that is much more befitting of who Manchester United are as a football club. We aren't approaching games scared. We are approaching them boldly, trying to be proactive, going to places like the Camp Nou and taking the game to Barcelona. That's very in keeping with the way that Eric Ten Hag has spoken about Manchester United, both publicly and from what we're hearing privately. You know, he is instilling that kind of big club attitude back into this team and it's rubbing off on players that have been at United through some of our worst years. You know, yes, we made signings last summer, but you know, you look at tonight, how many of that that team tonight have been at United through some of our worst times? De Gea, Wan-Bissaka, Luke Shaw, Varane was here last season, one of our worst seasons ever. You know, Sancho as well is here last year. Rashford's been here for a very long time. Bruno Fernandes has been here f- four years now. You know, th- these are three years now Bruno Fernandes has been here. There are players everywhere you look in this squad that th- this isn't as if Ten Hag is, is working with a blank canvas here. These are players that are to some degree scarred from a number of bad years that we've questioned their mentality. We've questioned whether they can ever kind of be the right fit for a, what a club like Manchester United should be looking to achieve. And Ten Hag has changed that around massively in eight, in eight or nine months. And he and his squad, but Ten Hag in particular, deserves massive, massive praise. And I'm, I'm only disappointed that we didn't hold on to this, the lead that we had and we didn't get what would have been an iconic win that I think really would have been a massive feather in his cap and gone a long way to giving him the credit that he massively, massively deserves for how he's turned this team around because it has been a, a quite remarkable turnaround. On that note, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I think the last thing to just mention is how big a month fe- February has already been and will continue to be for United, how much there is to look forward to for this football club. Man City beating Arsenal in the league slightly brings United maybe back onto the periphery of the title race. Although if Arsenal win their game in hand, we are still eight points behind them. But more immediately, you know, Carabao Cup final at the end of February, chance to get the first trophy of this new era. A second leg against Barcelona where you'd have to feel quite confident as a United fan, having just gone and played so well at the, at the Camp Nou. I think, what are we now, 13, 14 wins in a row? Oh, sorry, unbeaten at home. We obviously did loop draw against Leeds recently. You've got to be confident going into that game as a United fan. There are so, much, so many games, so many things to look forward to with this team. And you can only come away from tonight, despite the disappointment of not holding on to their lead, feeling good about where this team is heading. With that, I think it's, it's time to end. And all I would say is there's a lot to be positive about, a lot to look forward to for the future of this team and the future of what Eric Ten Hag could achieve as Manchester United manager. So it's up Eric's Reds and we move on to Leicester at the weekend, hoping to keep our Premier League record on track before Barcelona next week. Thank you so much for listening. As always if you want to hear any more from us you can find us on Twitter you can find Harry at Harry Robinson 64 you can find myself on Twitter at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find the podcast at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there. Harry and I will both be back as usual after the Leicester game this weekend coming to you on Monday and we'll have more reaction from Harry from the Barcelona game because this is certainly one that we want to revel in slightly despite not hanging on for the win. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great rest rest of your week, and we'll speak to you after Leicester game. Goodbye.